Welcome to the Moms Who Create podcast with me, Kelly Heil. In this podcast, I'll be interviewing incredible creatives who are also moms. Motherhood doesn't mean we have to stop making art or stop writing our books. It means that now we have new tiny fans rooting us on. Join me in conversation about doing what we love alongside raising the ones we love. I'm an artist, self-published author, and mom of two daughters. So grab a cup of coffee and let's get talking. This is Moms Who Create, the art of motherhood. Listen, we're moms, man. We could do anything. Think about all the situations you've been put in as a mom, whether your child is six weeks old, six months old, six years old, or you know, 18 years old. Think about a time where you had to do something you thought you could never handle. You had to, you did it, right? Without even a thought, you did it. So this is no different. This is just something that you need to feel comfortable taking that leap. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Moms Who Create podcast. Today, I have an absolute treasure of a guest, Leslie Ging. Leslie was born and raised in Long Island, New York, where she currently lives with her husband, Jason, and children, Alexandra and Simon. She graduated from Boston University in 2007 with a major in communications. She has worked in the admissions and marketing field of the nonprofit sector for 15 years and is currently the director of admissions and communications at the Brandeis School in Lawrence, New York, where her children attend. Leslie is an avid theater enthusiast and the co-founder of Hindi's Libraries, an international literary nonprofit that donates new and gently used children's books all over the world. Leslie spreads so much good and kindness in the world through all that she does. Enjoy today's conversation. Hi, Leslie. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I'm excited to talk to you, learn about everything you do, your nonprofit, and uh, your book, everything you're involved with. So thanks for being on the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you, Kelly, for having me on. Let's start things off by just learning about you. So I'm Leslie. I am 37. I, it was my birthday last week um, over Passover, which was not fun. If you celebrate Passover, you know you can't eat like anything normal. So I got nothing, but it was like a piece of matzah and cream cheese like you see in all the movies. Um, <laughs> Happy birthday, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm a, the mother of two kids. My son, Simon, is seven. He's in second grade. My daughter, Alexandra, is going to be 10 and she's in fourth grade. Um, I live in Long Island, New York, which within five minutes you'll hear as I keep talking um, with all the words. Um, and I do a whole bunch of things. Um, so for full time, I am the director of marketing and communications and alumni and admissions at a private school in our community where my children attend. Um, I am also the co-founder of Hindi's Libraries, which is... Um, like my baby. It's an international nonprofit. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about the story once I give you the overview. Um, it's an international nonprofit based in New York and we collect children's books and we donate them all over the world. That's the second. And the third is I, um, during lockdown, I got the itch and I uh, wrote a children's book. So, uh, I juggle a lot of things. Um, and being in New York, I am a huge, uh, theater enthusiast. I'm a big Broadway fan. I'm a rent head. I'm a Backstreet Boys girl. Um, I take advantage of all the venues in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, because we have access in the tri-state area to major concerts and shows. Um, that's kind of my happy place. And that's like the overview of, of me. 
I knew you were from New York just from your accent. I yeah. love your accent. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And it must be so fun living there. I love visiting like New York City. And I always think how either amazing or just too busy it would be to live there. Because there's everything. Like literally everything is there. It is. You know, you you my husband went to college in in NYU in New York. So he was always in New York. I went to Boston University. So I got a little break. But People can get jaded by it. Those of us that have born or, you know, were born and raised here. And I can see people getting overwhelmed by it. Um, but it's really amazing if you, you know, know where to go and what to do and when to yeah. do it. And even the big city will, you know, when we sometimes take like mini vacations with kids, without kids in the city for the weekend, we're a train away and there's a train a couple of blocks from my house. Um, we'll walk the whole way you know, from one end of the city to the other to late at night, grab some late night snacks or coffee. Um, it really is a great place to be and explore. There's a lot to see if you know what to look for. It's a great place. Okay. Well, let's talk about you. Let's talk about all you do. Um, tell me about your story, uh, your nonprofit, what inspired you to become an author? Just give us all the details. So we'll start with the nonprofit, which led to the author, uh, portion. So as I mentioned, I work at a private school. I had worked at a different school in the same role. Kind of, I was that person that you as a mom spoke to for anything that wasn't academic or financial. So meaning events, fundraising, um, community outreach, recruitment, enrollment, alumni affairs, all of that was me. And I actually had worked at my alma mater where I had gone to school from K to 12 um, in that role. And one of my biggest roles was the recruitment portion of it. And we do a recruitment event once a year at that school for the high school grades nine to 12. And kind of my first few weeks on the job, um, when I was getting the lay of the land, I was kind of told, listen, when you go to the high school, you need to meet this teacher. Her name is Hindi Krinsky. And when you do your recruitment events, this is who you need to highlight because she is an unbelievable human being and a teacher. Um, she was in my, you know, age range, like, early thirties. Um, I guess when I started late twenties, she was not only this like crazy, amazing educator that everyone wanted to be around, but she was also the mother of at that point, five children, four of whom were enrolled in the school. Uh, she had triplets who were in the school, in the lower school division, um, a four-year-old and a one-year-old kind of by the end of the story where I'm going. And anyway, so she and I developed a professional relationship we were not friends. We were just merely colleagues. Um, we spoke a lot specifically around recruitment time. And in late August of 2018, her husband sent me an email and it basically in one sentence said, I don't know what else to do and who else to talk to, but Hindi just died this morning. And Mm -hmm. I read that email like five times in my bed at 6am. And I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I ran out, I swear to you, I ran out in my nightgown on the street, running back and forth, because now I have to, besides processing, which I cannot, I have to call everybody. I have to call the executive director of this major school. This school had 1,400 children, huge school. I have to call the principal, her boss. Um, I have to call her, I I didn't even, I have to set up, you know, in the Jewish culture, you you sit shiva for seven days, and then traditionally people do meal, meal service and meal support for, you know, the upcoming weeks. And my head was spinning and I was just became this messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the days following this crazy tragedy, by the way, Hindi was 
had Crohn's disease, which she monitored and managed. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is she had a terrible stomach ache, which she did not really, uh, from what David, her husband tells me, she did not really acknowledge it. And when she realized it was really painful and they had gone to the hospital at that point, unfortunately it was just too late. So this was like a mom went to the hospital with a stomach ache for antibiotics type of thing or for medicine or to check it out. And it ended up in a very urgent surgery, which, which was obviously not successful. And it was, so what I'm trying to say is everyone was shocked. This wasn't something anyone was prepared for. Um, mm. You know, sometimes you hear of somebody who is ill and struggling and mentally everyone in the community prepares themselves. This was not that at all. So in the in the days after her passing, I, I kept being the one to get the emails from parents, students, alumni, teachers. We want to do this. We want to make meals. I want to give free headbands. High school students, I want to babysit the other the five children. I want to give them after school programs. The you know, the local vendors were calling me. And again, because my role was this liaison kind of to the community as, you know, being the administrator of the school who focused on that role, I got those calls. And if I didn't, somehow it got transferred over to me. So I called her husband, David, and I said, listen, and by the way, I had known David simply from working with his wife and he was the dad of five kids and I did admissions and marketing and recruitment. So we just knew each other. Um, But in a school of 1400 with, you know, 800 families, it's not that he and I, or she and I were friendly by any means. So I called him and I said, listen, I cannot imagine what you're dealing with or going through, but I will be making lists of anything people are calling about. And I will share the spreadsheet with you. You'll have access to it when you need it. I have it. I'll take all the notes, whatever anybody calls with or comes to the office with. I'm just going to start writing down. And so that's how my friendship with David really started, simply because I was the one keeping those memos for him. Oh, who offered me after school programs? Who can I ask to babysit? Who could do homework with the kids? And I had all of that. Um, a couple of weeks later, one school had started and, you know, we kind of settled into this n- craziness and tragic news and just we're still processing I got a call from the principal who asked me to brainstorm with her what we can do in Hindi's memory, specifically for the students. Um, Now, Hindi was an English teacher. That was the subject she taught. She was a bookworm. Her PhD, no, I'm sorry, her dissertation was on the power of graphic novels as a gateway to reading. Um, Her kids were reading at an early age. Her little ones were known as the kindergarten kids reading Harry Potter. These (laughs) were bookworms. If you ever met a bookworm, this was this family. So when this principal and I sat together to brainstorm, we kind of knew it had to focus around books. So it happened to be after we had the initial conversation, I went away. I went to Boston for the weekend and we were in a park and I saw this um, little free library box in the park. I'm sure if you're listening, you've seen them. They look like little wooden houses, um, usually on a platform um, in some sort of area, maybe the front of a house, the front of a library, a doctor's office. The premise of these is they're owned by somebody in your community. And the goal is to give a book and take a book. So I called the principal. I said, you know, I'm sitting next to this thing in Boston. I'm snapping a picture. What if we build this on campus? And we decided that was a perfect and meaningful and not too extravagant way to honor Hindi's legacy. So we sat with David, talked about this, hired a custodian to go to Home Depot and build a box from whatever he found, you know, the wood, the metal, whatever. We call, I called a friend who is an artist. I had her meet with David and the family, get to know Hindi and sketch out how she would draw this library. And she beautifully painted a 
a masterpiece on each side of this structure that represented what Hindi liked, represented stories that lower school children liked, and so on. Um, Fast forward a few weeks later, we decided to have an opening ceremony in the late fall of 2018, a couple of months after when the... when things were not too soon, you know? So we waited a few months with David's approval. We had David there. Hindi's mother came. Uh, one of David's daughters actually played the violin. Mm-hmm. It, it was beautiful. And we asked every child in the grade, so approximately 80 children, we asked them all to bring one book to fill this library. So now they are a part of this, you know, tribute. And it was beautiful. And then David and I said, okay, let's do this in the other divisions of the school, the early childhood, the high school where she taught and so on. As we're prepping for the next step of this, you know, initiative, I get a phone call from the principal a couple of weeks later. And she said, you know, Leslie, I'm just curious, what message did you write to those parents in that grade? I said, I I mean, I asked them to bring a book for the box. She goes, so you have no idea why there are 500 books in my office right now? And I'm like, um... No, but I'm going to come pick them up right now. So we emptied out her office and David and I said, okay, we're going to find a few local nonprofits that we could drop these off with. And that's what we did. And as we're getting rid of them, I typically always, there's no other comparison to anyone listening except the one episode of I Love Lucy where they're packaging chocolate, which is like that famous (laughs) assembly line. As we are trying to get rid of books, the books are everywhere we look at our door in my, my, I keep my car unlocked, um, because it's in a lot that's gated, but it is in the community. And sometimes I'll have a friend text me. Oh, by the way, I just walked in and put a couple of bags in your car. They just kept coming as we're trying to donate them. So David and I sat down again and we said, okay, something, there's something more here than just five people who just happened to have had books. We realized very quickly that, um, in this community, which is typically middle-class, um, a little, you know, higher class, um, people are keeping their children's books, but they're not reading them because their kids are growing. And we magically gave them an outlet, um, to get, give them those books. So we decided to do something about it and we formed Hindi's libraries and fast forward. It's going to be four years in August. We've donated over 350,000 books. We ship all over the country. We partner with wow. international nonprofits. We pay for all of it. Um, and the goal is to get books into the hands of children who cannot afford them. Uh, we primarily work with um, Girl Scouts, Rotary Groups, Key Clubs, Honor Societies. Um, and it's been really wild to kind of grow this organically with never it being a plan. Um, David and I still work full time. This is completely volunteer. We have no office full time, no staff. It's just us trying to kind of roll with the punches. And I think the most meaningful part of this is the most recent realization that we could do this anywhere. So for example, if you Kelly say to me, I want to run a book drive in my community, I could help you do that remotely. And we could find a beneficiary that can get the books transported from wherever you collect them because we're everywhere. So it's not that I, I would need to have someone say, well, I have to ship you all the 5,000 books I donate and that's going to cost me $400. We don't even need to do that anymore. I've been working with teams and 
uh, I recently worked with a real estate office that just wanted to do a good deed and we collected books with them. And then we found a recipient in their neck of the woods. Um, and sometimes we'd work together to find a new recipient. And sometimes it happens to be on my list of 700 plus nonprofits that we send to, there was someone who could, you know, pick up. Um, and it's been really humbling and worthwhile and, a lot of fun um, because so if you haven't heard the moms to create journal is here I am so excited to share this with you all. I've created this journal for you to fill with your project ideas, whether you're a writer, artist, entrepreneur, musician, or just a creative of any kind. If you're listening to this podcast, I guarantee that this journal is for you. With over 100 blank pages to plan your dreams, here's a space for your creativity to take flight. Go to momswhocreate.com slash journal for more information. Available now on Amazon. You know, it's like we could do whatever the heck we want. You know, we could just sit and say, this sounds great. Make sure, you know, we're not spending or overspending and then just try it. Try to run an initiative that's, you know, a little bit out of the box. Um, And it's been crazy. Wow. Well, first and foremost, I am so sorry that it had to spawn out of something so sad, you know, losing her at a young age too. But what an absolute beautiful story and a beautiful tribute that you've created in her honor. You, it seems like you picked the most perfect thing to do to get more books out, get books in a kid's hands and just help the world read. I, that's like I said, such a beautiful tribute and a wonderful, wonderful thing that you have created in her honor. You said 350,000 books is what you guys have done so far. Yeah. Holy cow. That's yeah. amazing. Leslie crazy. Wow. It's, uh, it's wild. And, uh, listen, my husband's not so thrilled when like my garage should have cars and instead it has books. But, uh, <laughs> it's good. No, it's really, it's really wonderful. And, uh, Hindi's children, the eldest, the triplets are now in middle school and they're involved. We just got a volunteer space, a small one, and they come and they sort books and they just did a community service project in their school for their mom. So that's also like, it's, it's, it warms my heart to see that they're involved. Um, mm-hmm. just in this initiative, which I think is so special for them. Oh, absolutely. Going through all of that and dealing with children's books, did that kind of give you a little like nudge? Like, Hmm, maybe I want to write one of these. Maybe I want to create my own. What got you on the path to writing your own children's book? So I'll tell you, I'm a nerd and I love to rhyme. Like, I'm that nerd that if there's a party invitation for my kid, it's rhyming. If I'm inviting like a few friends over to like a dinner party, which equals like, I don't know what beer and pasta, whatever I'm, I'm rhyming it. I'm always, always rhyming. And, and like, I love to write songs or like skits with rhymes. It's like really nerdy. And I know, and I own it. Um, (laughs) during, during the COVID lockdown at the time, Go back to 2020 when you're like, don't look at anyone, don't touch anyone, don't go to the supermarket, just stay where you are. Those times, like Mm -hmm. people walking down the street and you don't want to be even in their vicinity of like 20 blocks. So I'd be doing all of the, the way it works is we get the books from a group. We have to review them. We can't just send them um, because I could tell you stories here for four hours of the ridiculous books I get that are clearly Mm. not children. 
So anyway, so I'm sitting here and now I'm doing it all on my own because nobody wants to help me and I don't want anyone to come help me or, you know, breathe on me or look at me. So I'm doing it all for my living room. And at this time working in a school, we were remote. So my day was shortened by three, four o'clock. I was off the clock and I was working with books. Now, people were not so much accepting the books because they were closed. So I was just doing the other parts of the process, like reviewing them, putting a dedication. We put a a dedication sticker on each book with a photo of Hindi, a quote from her student. um, So people know where this book came from. So I did a lot, a lot of that. And at some point I like look at myself because there was no one home. I'm like, I could do this. It's time. I'm going to do it now. I'm locked in here. I may as well. Um, And so I wrote on my laptop while watching probably some Hallmark movie. That's what I was doing all COVID, like binging and watching Hallmark. Um, I wrote this nothing. It was like a a poem. And I'm like, okay, let's figure this out. I split it up into pages. I figured this could be a page and that could be a page. And then I kind of started thinking about what actually am I writing? And basically the book itself, which is called But Family is Forever, um, it's only 24 pages and each page has three or four lines. It's mainly for like ages, I don't know, two to six when you're reading at bedtime with a repetition. And if you've ever read the book, um, love you forever, which is such a classic in our generation. Well, love you forever. Oh, love you always. Yeah. Don't that make guy, me cry. Yeah. <laughs> that book sends well, me in tears every time. But I, but I love that repetition of it. And that was always a book my mom had read to me. So that, that was kind of the direction I was headed. And The book talks about all different sorts of hobbies you have as a child growing up. And on each page, uh, it ends with, but there's no place I'd rather be than together with my family because things in life may come and go, but family is forever. Um, And and it was cute. And it's just like a bunch of different, I love playing with my guitar. I love watching TV, all these things. And then once I wrote the words, I thought about what, um, what am I doing with the photos? I cannot draw for, that is not what I could do at all. I could write you a nice poem, but I can't draw anything. So I started posting on social media in these wonderful Facebook groups. Basically, also, I decided right away that if this does go anywhere, I don't want the money for it. That's not the point. I'm going to give the money to Hindi's libraries. I work full time. This was just something I wanted to do. Um, and I wrote that in my post and I said, you know, I wrote something, I'm hoping it's going to be a children's book. Um, I'm wondering if anyone would like to illustrate it. Um, I'm not going to be taking any money for it, but if anybody wants a fee, we could discuss it. And this lovely young woman named Misha uh, Narducci, she reached out and said, I'm an aspiring illustrator. Um, I read about you and your nonprofit. I don't want a penny. Um, I will do the illustrations for you. Um, at this point we had gotten a publishing deal from pennant publications, which is a very small traditional publisher. But at the end of the day, I didn't have to do anything, but send them my words, um, and Misha's pictures. And then what I spoke about with Misha is, um, the pictures, I don't only want it to be corresponding to the pages of, okay. So one of them is something like, I love playing on my guitar. Sometimes I wish I were, I think I I am a rock star, something like that. So not only do I want that kid playing the guitar, but I want that kid and his family looking different than the kid on the next page in their family. Mm. Um, And we talked about this concept of diversity and what does a family look like? What is a family? Grew up with a single mom. So my family did not look like many other families. Um, and that was in, you know, the nineties. And and now you look around you and family doesn't have 
a typical structure. Every family is different. And so we have various family dynamics on each page. And that was just as important to me as the words. I want a child to open this book and hopefully say, this is me. This is me and my grandma who raises me, you know, or, or this is me and my older sister who raises me, or this is me and my two dads who raised me. It's beautifully illustrated. Misha did a wonderful job. And that's really it. It took a long time. It's a lot of organization. It's a lot of hours just to kind of focus on what you want to do. And now we're in the stages of now it's there. How do I market it? Who am I marketing it to? Um, that's like the next stage that we're at because it only launched in, in March after a year and a half of, you know, working. So, but it's been fun and it was fun to have and my kids, you know, read it. And my friend has a child who's one and a half and she's reading it to him. And then I get a FaceTime from the older brother who's like reciting the words by heart. Um, it's cute. It was just a really fun thing. I never knew I wanted to be an author. I knew I always loved to write and this being involved in the nonprofit kind of did that for me. I absolutely love these books that I would just call them like inclusion books. Somebody can pick a book up and find themselves in it. So thanks for creating that book and putting it out there. And I'm sure so many kids have read it and found themselves in the book and just read it over and over because it makes them feel included and feel seen and feel happy. So amazing of you to not even take a penny from it and donate all of that money. You're just awesome. <laughs> You're just, you. oh, I love it. Love people like you love meeting moms like this. And you do all of this as you have your own children. You seem like very busy. You seem like you're just going, you're always yeah. doing something for somebody else too. I try to make me time. It's very important to me to make me time. Um, it does sometimes get away from me and, you know, for all the moms listening, it's, it's rough being a mom period. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, and then you have to add all the other hats you wear. It's a lot. And, you know, my mom will call me and she's like, are you home? And I'm like, no, sorry. She's like, are you ever home? And I'm like, <laughs> maybe later tonight. Um, <laughs> I try, but I try to really balance everything. I mean, I also have to understand I am a mom and I do work full time. And those are my responsibilities, my real responsibilities. So anything Hindi's libraries will typically be evenings, um, on a lunch break weekends. I've actually looked online and found ways to get free interns, college interns who need credit. So I've trained Mm -hmm. them. So it's not even just me and David anymore. And by the way, David is the co-founder of the nonprofit. He is an attorney. Um, He focuses on the bigger picture, the finances, shipping and all that kind of stuff. And like storage, all that stuff. That's not fun for me at all. But I have these interns who I can kind of mold and ask for assistance. It's hard to ask for help. You know, I'm very type A. I don't know if you could tell by this conversation. I kind of like to oversee (laughs) everything. Um, and, and in the beginning it was very hard to let go, but at some point, like you said, like I have, I'm a mom, I work, I'm a wife, I have to take care of my house. I have to take care of my kids. It's, I had to give some things up and I had to say, okay, it is what it is. It might not be the way I would have loved to do it, but you know, I have a team or a group of volunteers who want to help. And that's important to me because otherwise you get spread way too thin. And that can mm-hmm. also be really hard on you. I always say you have to intentionally basically intentionally live your life, but especially as a mom, I bet your kids are so proud too. Like their mom's an author. Like that's kind of big. It depends on the day. I mean, especially with girls, like, <laughs> like I'll come home and she's like, so are you going to do your books now? Like, are you going to work with 
But it, it was, it depends. So my daughter's teacher called me in to talk about, I forgot what they were learning about, um, or it was literacy month or world read aloud day. And they had, she had me come in and talk about the nonprofit, um, which I think that was special for my daughter because it wasn't like an embarrassing, I'm going to tell you everything. She just asked me questions and the kids asked me questions. Um, so I think they, I, I hope they're proud. Most importantly, I don't care if they're proud of me. I want them to see that it's important for them to do good. So it doesn't matter if they think I'm cool or not cool or they're embarrassed. I need them to remember this is what matters. Not your Roblox, not your Fortnite, not your Facebook messenger, whatever it is you're using at whatever age you're at. Um, doing something for someone else and making the time for that. That's what's important. And that's all I care about. Whether or not they're embarrassed or proud, I don't care. I hope, but it's not concerning to me. I want to make sure that they know what's the value, you know, of kindness. Even when they get older, they'll look back and be like, wow, look what she, you know, look what she did in honor of, you know, a friend that passed away and then making her own book. So I know eventually they'll look back and be like, mom's amazing. Mom's awesome. Like, look at her go. This is so cool. So what piece of advice do you have to moms out there that want to maybe write a book or start a nonprofit or have an idea in their head, something kind of creative or something, maybe they want to start a business. You kind of tackled everything head first and you have children as you did it. So what is something you would say to moms to say, Hey, go after it. You can totally do it too. For anyone listening, if you have an idea or a little brainchild, it, you can do it. That That's a given by this conversation, right? Like, go ahead and do it. But th- that's very vague and that's very overwhelming to someone to say, go do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it does take planning and it might take time. So if you have something you're thinking about, get a journal, start writing your ideas out, start thinking about how you can make that work. Not everything is so easy, right? If you work full-time, but you decided you want to quit your job and, I don't know, become an event planner, that's a lot of things you need to think about, right? If you have a family and responsibilities and you, you know, you have to pay your bills, it doesn't mean it's not doable. It means you need to plan for it. I'm a, like I said, I'm a planner. I'm type a, as a mom, I feel like we're all planners. Even the, the non-planners you plan cause you're a mom and you know, you have to take care of your kids. That's just, be, we become that to some degree. Um, mm-hmm. even us, those spontaneous ones that like pack their bags and go somewhere, you still have to like think about, well, what am I bringing? So there is that level of expectation. Um, so I really do believe get a journal, start writing your plans out and then start hashing them out. At some point you might say, you know, actually that's not for me right now. Not, I can't do it, but maybe not right now, but you never know what will come out of it. Oh my God. Actually, as I'm working on whatever idea, it's really easy to do this. This is what I need to do to accomplish it. Um, that's step one. Step two is ask for support. That might be a close friend. That might be a relative. Have someone to bounce off of, someone who you will trust, someone who will give you the honest feedback, not this necessarily the feedback you want to hear, but the feedback you need to hear, um, and someone who you know will be in your corner. So that no matter if they say, listen, maybe in six months, this is something amazing. Uh, maybe you should think about X, Y, Z, because you can't keep it all in your head. And I always feel that having a team to brainstorm of and bounce off of, you're going to hear something you never even thought about or a different side you couldn't see um, to do this. But I think that for sure, listen, we're moms, man. We could do anything. Think about all the situations you've been put in as a mom, whether your child is 
six weeks old, six months old, six years old, or, you know, 18 years old. Think about a time where you had to do something you thought you could never handle. You had to, you did it right without even a thought you did it. So this is no different. This is just something that you need to feel comfortable taking that leap. And my, my, my last, and I, I got this from a mom friend of mine. Um, my last piece of advice is ask if you have something you need to do, but you need someone's help ask because the way my friend said it to me, and it's so easy when I say it, but really process it. If you don't ask, the answer is no. If you ask, you can get a yes. And I know those words sound like, yeah, obviously, but, but really think about it. And sometimes like, even in the nonprofit, I'll be wanting to write a crazy email to someone. I'm like, what am I doing? They're going to delete my email. They're not even going to give me the time of day. And then my friend plays in my head and I'm thinking, you know what? Okay. So they say no, but what if they say yes? And I will tell you so many of the cool things we've done were because I was like, whatever, I'm just going to write the email asking for something insane. Maybe they'll say yes. I'll give you one example because really, by the way, like I said, I don't get paid to do this. Dove doesn't get paid. This is just us doing cool things for fun. Over the And this is my example of you need to ask. Over the winter, um, it was in bed. We had a storm here in New York, and I was on social media scrolling. You know, at that moment when, like, you're the only one awake and you can't really move because once you start walking, someone's going to hear you and then everyone's <laughs> yeah. awake. But if you have bracelets like me, you can't even really jiggle your phone. So it's like you have to, like, sit and, like, basically touch your phone without jiggling your bracelets or anything. <laughs> crazy. And I have also a puppy sleeping in my room, too. So it's crazy. So one of those days... I was scrolling through social media because I couldn't do anything else or even pee because everyone would wake up. And I found that a local nonprofit that collected pet food for dogs, uh, pet food for dogs and cats in shelters and rescues across Long Island, they wrote something like, it's going to be a crazy snow day. So our two pantries are open and they took pictures of it. And I don't know, maybe because I was a new puppy mom, I was like, oh my God, these people are awesome. I need to do something. So of course you think, okay, you're crazy, which I am. And I'm like, I don't know. So I emailed them. It's like two weeks before Christmas. And I sent her a message that said something along the lines of, you don't know me. You have no reason to trust me, but I'm going to do something really cool and you're going to benefit. So obviously it looks like spam, right? Cause like what, what else? <laughs> like that? Um, and I gave them like a link and I'm like, I promise I'm legitimate. We can make a phone call. And the response was basically like, uh, uh-huh. I'm doing a Christmas thing. Maybe we'll talk next year. And I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to do this for you. I don't know. I'm going I'm to do it. And I had this idea again, within the 20 minutes of everyone is sleeping. Um, I want people, I want to do a drive specific, a book drive specifically for animal books. And I'm going to find someone to match it with animal food. Oh. And it took me a month. A good month. It sounds like nothing, but like every day, a couple hours at night, a couple of hours stalking CEOs and executive team members of all of these crazy pet food companies and pet blog companies. Guys, I got one. I got a company to say, this is amazing. And we're going to send a day of pet food for every animal book you get. We're up to almost <sighs> 3,000 books. That's 3,000 pets getting fed. Oh my and goodness. And it's ending with a uh, pet adoption event at the end of May, which is like, it just kept going. And I'm telling you guys, I was in my pajamas with my eye mask scrolling. And I just like, I'm going to try this. And that's the point, right? Like, cause we're moms, you, you're a superhero. Try it. You don't ask. 
It's not going to happen. But if you ask, what if, what if that thing you've always wanted to do or that person you always wanted to talk to, to create something or collaborate with, what if they believe in you? Can you imagine? That's all you need. That one person to say, oh my God, yes. That to me is the simplest, but best advice I ever got. And I call my friend like every month and I'm like, I did something because of you. She's like, what? And by the way, she was, you know what she was talking about? Asking the person at Disney world, if her kids could skip the line, that was what she was. That was her thing. She's like, I figured I would ask because you know, Leslie, if you don't ask, you're going to stand online. But what if they like my kids and they say, go ahead and skip the line. And it was not even over anything like important, obviously. But the fact that she said that to me, I'm like, you, you know, and I'll call her all the time. And I'm like, I did a you. So I really, I really think that has gotten me up. And sometimes you're scared, right? You're kind of like, I'm not going to ask my dream is stupid or I can't do it or I need X, Y, Z. I need so-and-so's help to do it. And I'm afraid to ask them why you'll end up no worse than you are now. You'll be where you are, but go for it, do it. And you'll get that energy. And then it's unstoppable. Really. I think you were like literally amazing. <laughs> You're so, you are so inspiring. I feel like you should have your own Ted talk. Because it's like the kind of, the kind of talk you get where you're just like, at the end of it, you want to like get up and do something, you know, start something, create something. You're just so inspired. Uh, and what a perspective change. If you don't ask, it's an automatic no. Get over the fear of hearing a no because you could hear a yes. Because right. if you don't even do it, you, it's not hearing the no, it's an automatic no in your head. It's pretty much the same thing. So why are we so afraid? It's going to be one of those things I think I'm, that I'm going to remember from you. So then if I tell you I did something then you have to tell her, then it's going to be this like long yep. chain of yep. amazingness. Yep. I'm with you. Let's do it. For all those people listening who are moms, if you have books you want to get rid of or donate and you don't live with near me in New York, but you want to do something with them, or you've listened to this and you'd like to start a book drive, I'm here. If you are a mom and you need books, Please send me an email. Uh, we'll get you some books. That's also why we're here. But whether whatever end of this conversation you're on, you'll find my information. You'll see us on social media. I'm the one behind the social media platform, so you're not talking to a bot. It's me. You'll have my cell. Um, and that's what it's about. Let's collaborate. Let's do something amazing together. Leslie, where can everybody go online to find everything you've talked about, maybe get in touch with you for, um, the nonprofit donate books, maybe receive books if they need a book. Um, all the things I will put everything and all the links in the show notes to this episode, as well as on Instagram and Facebook and the website, but you can go ahead and just tell everybody verbally right now where they can go to visit everything. So I think to make it super easy is to find us on any social media platform. It's Hindi's H I N D I S libraries, plural libraries. Um, you'll, and that will bring you. So if you want to talk about the nonprofit, I'm there. If you want to figure out how to get to the book, but families forever, I've posted it a few times, but either way you can find me through there and we'll get you the link. Um, and if you just want to brainstorm and if you want to start a nonprofit and you don't even know where to begin, send me a text. Let's work on it. I'll tell you what to do. Um, I had help from David, but together we figured it out. Um, and it's all about teamwork. So 
Hindi's libraries, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Google, just Google Hindi's libraries will pop up there. Yeah. And then, and we're really here. We're a very small team and we want to work together with all of you. Awesome. Well, Leslie, thanks for everything you've shared with us today. What an incredible backstory to the nonprofit. So again, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You're awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey mom, this is your last reminder for me today that you are amazing. You are the bomb.com. Do Do people still say that? Anyway, go start that project. Go finish that project. Go take that hour long bubble bath that you really want to take. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. See you next week.